0: Good morning, Doris. And first of all, uh, your thoughts on the peaceful protests last couple of days in Springfield.
1: You know, I'm really excited and uh, pleased with the way that Springfield has really showed up and showed out. I'm in full support of the peaceful marches and protests, especially proud of the two actions that Springfield had on Sunday where you saw about 3,000 automobiles lined up, probably about 10,000 people participating, and on Monday, uh, another 1,000 people. And I think we should be especially proud of the Monday event, which was basically led by youth. And with both of them, there was no violence, no hate speech, no swastikas, no profanity, very tasteful signs, and just an um, outcry from people that have generational pain that they wanted to express.
0: Elder woman, what's what do you think's behind the difference of how Springfield handled peaceful protests and the thousand plus people that took to the Capitol uh, peacefully protesting versus what we've seen elsewhere throughout the state Uh, from Peoria to Bloomington to Decatur uh, fires and and windows smashed? What what is Springfield doing differently that other communities uh, aren't? You
1: know, I I think that. Springfield has people don't realize it, but I think that Springfield has real on-the-ground community leaders and leadership that has the ability to bring people together in this type of manner. Um, we really put out facts on what was going on and the best way to get your to get your point across with it. You know. I one of the things that we have to be very wary of is that there's often a lot of of uh, a lack of information or misinformation that fuels the fires on social media and from some media outlets that leads to anxiety and confusion and the planning of the flames. And I think that Springfield has a good mechanism to kind of uh, quell that. For instance, on yesterday, I was receiving um, all kinds of phone calls about there's a large gathering of people from out of town at Lampier High School that are staging there that are going to go out and, and, you know, loot and that kind of thing. And it's like, no, that's the high school graduation that's happening. That's why the cars are there. And, you know, you're able to get that information out and kind of fight back against people that want to see something um, something more you know, bad happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing that Chris and I picked up on um, Sunday night that we were both just very concerned about uh, the rapid spread of um, uh, various types of misinformation, saying, oh, there's going to be crazy looting and crazy rioting in Springfield. And uh, yeah. it was very concerning to see that, but also um, very promising uh, to see it not uh, develop uh, to, the, to the level that I'm sorry, it develops. I the phone elsewhere. is
1: kind of cutting out.
0: I apologize. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was he was commenting on the fact, but the question I'd like to ask about that, Alderwoman Turner, is that, you know, Facebook, has it helped or hurt you as an Alderwoman, you know, doing your job?
1: Know, you know, I'm sorry, your phone, it kind of cut out a little bit, too. But, you know, I think that you were talking about Facebook and how it, sometimes it can fuel misinformation. Sure, sure, and, yeah and gin up things that aren't necessarily there and you're absolutely you're absolutely right and then people one of the things that i have seen uh over the course of the last few weeks is that facebook has become a place where people feel very comfortable expressing views that they have heretofore kind of kept undercover or either just talked about in the privacy of their homes and with their friends and that's um you know it's very it's a very interesting progression in in our community. And when that happens, you know other people pile on and it and it just becomes a pile on effect. And we have to be careful because we cannot allow that type of bad acting and from bad actors to distract from the real cause of the anger and mistrust of our governmental systems, including law enforcement that, you know, people have just become, you know, just tired of it. It's, and, and what we see now is a symptom of years of, of, you know, racist acts and homicides perpetrated on those that are least able to defend themselves. Uh, and, you know, people, you know, I, I see all the, I've seen over the course of these last few weeks, like, there's no racism. People just uh, don't always want to complain about something. Everybody, you know, and that's very concerning because we all know that racism exists. We all know that there's systemic racism that may not be as overt as it has been, but it is there and it does affect our, it affects our community. And, you know, you have to, you have to acknowledge that and you ha- you can't discount it and, you know, just kind of sweep it under the rug and say that it's not there.
0: Alderwoman Doris Turner is with us on News Talk ninety four point seven and nine seventy WMAY. And uh, Doris, I wanted to address before we get to the council preview for tonight. I wanted to address uh, a Facebook concern with the Springfield Police. You know, your thoughts on that, and uh, are the Springfield Police have they handled the situation correctly? In your opinion,
1: you know, that's a a, a, a very complex situation. What you really what you had was four aldermen, two African American alders, and two uh, white female alders that for two weeks spoke out uh, spoke out in unison about um, situations with regard to the police and what was perceived as disparate treatment throughout the community. So the, then what happens is that a Springfield police officer felt very comfortable in taking to Facebook and making some very derogatory remarks about um, two of the alders both African-Americans. No one has mentioned the, the white female alders who were saying basically the same thing. And then there was the comfort level from other police officers within the department that came on and commented and, again, made some very derogatory remarks. And I think that that is symptomatic of a uh, culture culture within the department that must change. There. It, think about it. These are the people that are out on the street patrolling with those types of attitudes. And the officer that was the first to make the comments, um, his beat is the east side of Springfield. Another one of the officers that was very comfortable in commenting is a sergeant, which means that he is a supervisor. Uh, So if a person on the street has a problem, he's the person that's going to be called out to mediate that problem. Um, and, and it's just, um, it's, it's unacceptable. And it's something that has to be dealt with and has to be dealt well, with. Um,
0: well, but all and, women, were, were the, the I didn't see the thread um, of the comments. Were, were they racist comments or were they just critical of the comments that you and uh, another alderman made uh, that were critical of police and how they were you know, handling I, groups?
1: Well, they were they were racist comments. They were, and some of them were threatening comments. And then I think you know that you you also need to know that Alderman Gregory received some other um, messages that were not in that thread that were very threatening. So you know, there's a, there's a lot in this to to unpack, and it wasn't just people being critical of of the comments and what was said. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, and and I can handle the criticism. Sure. Not everyone is going to agree with everything that you know that we say or do, and that's and that's fine. You know, nobody's going to agree with everybody all the time. However, to have it play out in in that manner is. Is very concerning, and you know it, it's almost to the point where both Alderman uh, Gregory and myself made some very uh, critical changes in the way that we carry carry on in our in our everyday lives because we were fearful uh, of what may, may happen, and our families were fearful of of what may happen, and and you know that that's very real. And uh, something that, in all of my years of public service, I've never, I've never come up on. Um, and I think that this is an opportunity for some real cultural change that must happen within, you know, within our our police department. And I, I think it's an, I think it's also an opportunity for, you know, the business community, the uh, government local government and the overall community to come together to affect lasting community lasting community change
0: well here's the here's the best for everyone's safety uh all across the the city uh, no doubt about that uh real quick what's on top of mind for uh tonight's uh, city council meeting
1: you know um you probably really want to hear this Greg Bishop since you have to do the <laughs> the council yeah <laughs> It should be. It should be very quick. Yes. It's not, there's not, there's yes! Not a, it doesn't look like there's a lot of controversial things on yes! the
0: agenda. Best news I've heard so, all day. Yeah. So, uh,
1: so you should be. You should be very happy.
0: Good to hear. Good to hear. All right. Yeah. Terrific. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, uh, Alderwoman, thank you so much for your time. And anytime you need us, you just give us a call, okay? Thank you, and
1: thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely,
0: no problem. Alderwoman Doris Turner in Ward Three.